Father, once again this morning, Lord, we just want to come to your throne room of grace. We just want to plead the blood of Jesus over our lives. You're a good God. Your mercy endures forever. And this morning, O oh Lord, for this for the last Wednesday service of this year, Father, we come. We just want to hear from you. We want to hear your voice speaking to our hearts through your word. It's just not the words, Lord. It is the voice of your word. Because you said in your word, blessed are those who hearken unto the voice of your word. Therefore, this morning, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would open our ears and our eyes, that we will be able to hear, that we will be able to see, that faith will arise in our hearts. And Lord, that we will prepare ourselves, O Lord, even as we are here in the threshold of another year, we will prepare ourselves to enter into this new year with expectancy in our hearts. Our hearts prepared, minds washed by the water, a little more sanctified so that we can clearly hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say in this last hour of time. To that end, I pray that you would bless this time of meditation Speak to our hearts. Anoint us and in the hearing and the speaking of today's word. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Sunday, uh, we've been looking at uh, warnings against unbelief. It's very important as believers. The only way we walk is not by sight or by appearance, but by faith. <clears throat> if you uh, look through the uh, especially through the uh, epistle to the Hebrews, you will see uh, there are 12 let us statements. Let us statements. Um, exhorting believers as to how to prepare themselves. Um, and one of the first, and the first let us statement is found in Hebrews chapter 4. It says, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, the first let us statement, it says, Let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Come short of what? Of entering into God's rest is what Hebrews chapter 3 will talk about. Yeah. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them. And why did it not profit them? Because it was not mixed with faith in those who heard it. Remember, um, when Jesus was preaching, it's in Luke's gospel chapter 5, um, uh, Jesus was preaching there and uh, a lot of People were there from all over, all over Judea and uh, in Israel, came to hear his word, and it says the power of God was available to heal them. Okay, but none of them were healed. But the point, though, is they actually became a hindrance to the person who needed healing. Okay, they were all occupying their seats. Finally, <laughs> they couldn't enter into the place place of power. So what 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 did they have to do? They had to break open the roof and lower down their their friend. So the power of God is always available. So the word of God has got power. But in order for that word to become profitable in our lives, it has to be mixed with faith. And that faith only God can give. It is the faith of Jesus Christ. Remember, that's what uh, we've been studying and we've been, we've been taught as well. So 
why do we um what is the opposite of faith of course is unbelief and hebrews chapter 3 verse 18 the reason why the israelites who came out of egypt were not able to enter into the rest of god is because and to whom did he swear that they should not enter his rest but to those who did not obey so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief and therefore he says let us fear let us fear okay that we should that we will not enter uh, into that uh, same rest let us fear and battle unbelief why because hebrews chapter 12 verse 28 will say again since therefore we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken let us have grace or let us be thankful by which we may serve god acceptably with reverence and godly fear if you want to have that uh, grace in order to access that grace which is the power of god what we need is faith faith is the only channel through which we receive the power of god therefore he says let us have grace and how do we know that we have grace let us be thankful other translations will use the word niv will use the word let us be thankful so that we may serve god acceptably with reverence and godly fear another warning from jude the epistle of jude chapter 1 verse 5 but i want to remind you though you once knew this that the lord having saved the people they saved he was they were saved there were people who escaped the penalty of their sin and they of course they didn't have to do anything all that they had to do was to believe and put their trust in the blood of the passover lamb that's all they had to do and it didn't matter if you were an israelite or an egyptian not doesn't matter so for both for the jew and the gentile even there the person who put his trust in the passover lamb the blood of the passover lamb was saved all they had to do was to just to put the blood the trust in the blood of the passover lamb but having saved the people from egypt what happened they couldn't enter into the promised life the life of christ if you will why because of unbelief they did not believe so god could have god could be giving us a lot of promises many promises are there for us and every promise is yes and amen only in christ jesus and therefore we have to strive to enter into that rest it says labor to enter into that rest right hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 without faith it is what impossible to please god again romans chapter 5 verse 2 it is by faith we have access into this grace therefore it's all by faith so the whole objective of teaching is to ensure that our faith becomes stronger and we increase in our life of faith right and of course faith which uh, galvanizes itself into action faith without works is dead there is a corresponding work which follows faith and that is what um, the convictions have to become stronger in our lives so again we looked at another thing uh, what is it what what is the reason for curses in our life and what is the reason for blessing again from jeremiah chapter 17 we looked at this cursed is a man who trusts in man who makes flesh his strength and his heart departs from the lord and he will be like a desert right heath in the desert blessed is a man who trusts in the lord and whose hope the lord is therefore curse is caused by unbelief and blessing is caused by faith and therefore it is important if we want to um, move in that life of blessing and escape the curse and god we we already know we uh, we confess that he became a curse for us so that the blessing of abraham which is a promise of the holy spirit can be with us will be with us in us and as long as you are in christ there is no divination against jacob god sees no iniquity in jacob so who 
how can anybody curse whom God has already blessed? And that is only in Christ. Okay. So there's always, so as long as you're in that position of rest or uh, in Christ, there is no curse against you. You're always walking in that blessing. But there will always be all these external factors. Balaam could not curse uh, Israel, but he could in, induce, right? He could deceive them. How did he deceive them? Through false doctrine, the teaching of Balaam. What does the teaching of Balaam do? Entice you to leave that position of blessing and come out of it. Whatever that is, that is the reason why he says you have uh, suffered that uh, person who was teaching this doctrine of Balaam. That false doctrine will take you out from the position of blessing and into a curse. So we have to guard ourselves. So this is very important. That is the reason why Jesus says, be very careful as to what you hear. Be very careful as to how you hear. Third thing, we have to be, we have to make, give much careful attention to the things that we have already heard. And fourth thing, if any man wills to, warnings are there in scripture. So that we will guard our heart against unbelief. And unbelief is demonic, is satanic. It's a satanic spirit. And we need to understand uh, the source of, the. you, you see this, both faith and pride, uh, sorry, uh, faith and humility go together. Pride and unbelief, they go together. We'll see that in a while. So we looked at the cause for unbelief, okay, the symptoms of unbelief. And we want to look at the cure for unbelief. What is the cause for unbelief? Let's read from Matthew chapter 17, this very famous passage, the Mount of Transfiguration. And Jesus comes down from the Mount of Transfiguration and he encounters uh, a multitude. Matthew chapter 17, verse 14 onwards. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. So Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless and perverse, unbelieving and perverse generation. Right. So you see, unbelief and perversity go together. And perversity causes unbelief. And again, pride and unbelief also goes together. If you look at this same phrase, through word or a perverse generation occurs in the old covenant as well when uh, when uh, uh, Moses is speaking to the next the next generation in the book of Deuteronomy this is what he says Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 15 but Jeshurun waxed fat and what did he do what does waxing fat mean he became proud right thou art waxen fat thou art grown thick thou art covered with fatness bah. you see that I mean, in Telugu, okay, it's full of fat. That is the reason why what, what is supposed to be offered to God is the fat of the animal. Okay, and what you have to do with that fat, put it on the altar and let it burn. When all the fat is burned, what is what comes to God? A sweet smelling aroma. Okay, and how deep you should uh, dig for the fat? The fat on the kidneys? But that is why kidneys? Because in the kidneys, it is from out of the belly, the guts. Because pride is there deep down inside of your heart. There is pride. God has to take care of all that internal pride. See, we, we, are, we are fasting, okay? That is external humiliation. But there is a lot of internal humiliation also that we have to go through. Okay. <laughs> okay. All that fat in the kidneys and all the guts, he has to remove that and put it on the altar. That is a burnt sacrifice. Because even the Pharisees says, how many times do I fast? Do I fast? Pharisees said, twice a week I fast. 
I do this, I do this, I do this, I'm not like this, I'm not like this, I'm not like this, I, I fast God, I give arms, thank you Jesus. Finally. <laughs> Full fat, you see. So God has to take that internal fat from, from inside of you and he has to, he has to, you have to put it on the altar and when you put it on the altar and when it burns, what happens? It becomes a sweet smelling aroma to the Lord. Whom does our fat belong to? To, to the Lord, okay? So when you have nice and fat calves and, you know, red meat, be very careful of the fat, okay? <laughs> or let it, let it be an object lesson. It's a parable, okay? Because a lot of people love the fat. Hmm? Yeah. They provoked him to jealousy. Look at what it says. They were covered with fatness. Then he forsook God. What happens? The moment he became fat, the, the moment he became proud, what did he do? He forsook God. It is automatic. Forsaking God. That is the reason why it says, cursed is a man who trusts in man, trusts his man, who makes flesh his arm, flesh his arm, flesh his strength. He forsakes and his heart departs from the Lord. He forsook God, which made him and lightly esteemed the God of his salvation. Look at how the entire connection goes. I, what did I say? Unbelief and pride. They are twins. Okay, they are from the, of this, the two sides of the same coin. Hmm? They provoked him to jealousy with strange gods. With abominations provoked they him to anger. Of the rock which, uh, uh, sorry, of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful and hast forgotten God that formed thee. And when the Lord saw it, he abode them because of the provoking of his sons and of his daughters. It's not other people outside the church. It is of his sons and of his daughters. And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be. For they are a fruward. What generation? Fruward and a perverse generation. Children in whom there is what? No faith. You see that? From where? Jeshurun waxing fat to losing their faith. And moving into unbelief. Fruward and a faith uh, and a perverse generation in whom there is no faith. Matthew chapter 17. Let's go back. So, number one reason. Uh, the disciples came, uh, came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said on them, because of your unbelief. Oh, how, how did unbelief come to them? They already cast, cast out several demons. Now they thought that they had it all. Okay. Right. It's very dangerous. I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. And why was it impossible for you? Because you did not have faith. Because of your unbelief. And in actually Mark 6, verse 6, it says, he could not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. And he says, he marveled at the unbelief of who? Of his own people. And he marveled at the faith of the of the Gentiles. You see that? That is the reason why he says, you know, there were several widows in Israel. <laughs> Only <laughs> one widow where? In Sidon. Gentile. She got Elijah, Elijah was sent to her. Sent to her. There were many lepers in Israel. But only Naaman the who? The Syrian. The moment they heard it, what did they want to do? Stone him. Exactly. Whenever they raise stones, you have to, there's an object lesson to be learned. <laughs> Something happened to them. Okay. Alright. They were really offended. Okay. Then because they understood, you know, they are comparing us with Gentiles. This goyim. What do you think? I say to you, if you have faith, then let's move on. However, this kind does not go except by prayer and by 
fasting. So one number one cause for unbelief we looked at last time, discussions and disputes. Okay. They started discussing among themselves. Okay. So Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 23, it says, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes. Avoid knowing that they generate strife. And we know that wherever there is strife and wherever there is envy, wherever there is competition, this kind of wisdom does not come from above, but it is what? Earthly, it is soulish, it is void of the spirit, it is, it is of the intellect and it is what? Demonic ultimately. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel but be gentle to all, able to teach and patient. Okay, First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. Where is the scribe? Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? He says, other, tra- other translations will use the word. Where is the debater of this age? Hmm? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. It is not the foolishness of prophesying. It is through the foolishness of preaching. It's important. Understand this. Therefore, when God has spoken something clearly, don't debate, don't discuss. Simple. God God has spoken something very clearly. Don't debate, don't discuss. Don't bring it to the discussion table. Understand that. Then another uh, uh, another lesson that we learned, the reason for unbelief is that they were astonished at this teaching, Mark chapter 9 verse 22, and they were astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one having authority and not as a scribe. So the moment they started teaching, the teaching of the word of God with authority, what happened? The demons were driven away. And why were they not able to drive them out? Because they lacked what? Spiritual authority. The two reasons that uh, for causing unbelief. One, you discuss the word of God, rather obeying the word of God. Second, there is no lack of, there is lack of spiritual authority in your life. So we looked at these two things. And then we looked at the manifestations of unbelief, right? Manifestations of unbelief. Let us see. Then one, uh, then, then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you, uh, brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at his mouth, gnashes his teeth and, and he becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that uh, they should cast it out, but they could not. Then one of the, so, so what does a what does the evil spirit do? It does seven things. We looked at it first. It seizes seizes him. It overpowers him. Right? It tears him down. It causes him to foam. He gnashes with his teeth. He becomes rigid. Throws him into fire and into water and makes him deaf and dumb, as good as dead. So, what does seizing mean? Seizing means he is being overpowered by sin. That means he has no, he has not control over his sin. Sin overpowers him. Example we looked at was from uh, Judges chapter 16 about Samson. Samson was completely overpowered by his lust. Overpowered by his sin. A generation, when you do not believe, believe in God, when you move from faith to unbelief, from blessing to a curse, what happens? Sin overpowers you. You are seized by sin. Genesis chapter 4, we'll talk about that. Why are you angry? Why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. If you do not rule over sin, what will sin do? He will rule over you. But what is the promise? Sin shall not have dominion. Uh, over us because we are no longer under law but under grace. But what? how do you get grace? You only access grace by faith. Amen. 
Then, what does it do? It tears him down. What does it do? It disintegrates him. He is not able to be focused in the things of God. He is disintegrated into several directions. We, know, we looked at from James chapter 1. Let him ask in faith, verse 6. Let him ask in faith without, with, without doubting. For he who doubts is like a way of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. And therefore he says, James chapter 4, verse 4, Adulteresses and adulterers, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Okay? So, submit to God and resist the devil. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hands, you double-minded. So, it causes you to be divided in your mind. You are not focused on the things of God. Then third, causes him to foam. That means he has no self-control, right? Proverbs chapter 25 verse 28. Whoever has no rule over his own spirit, what is he? He's like a city broken down and he has no walls. That means there's no spiritual discipline in his life. Lazy in as far as things of the spirit are concerned. Proverbs chapter 24. We looked at that as well. I went to the field of the slothful or the sluggard and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. Okay. You need to understand. Things of the spirit don't come easily. There is a price to be paid. And when you are losing things, uh, interest in the things of the spirit and you are lazy towards the things of the spirit, it's a warning sign. And lo it was, all grown over with thorns and nettles had covered the face thereof. And the stone wall thereof was broken down. Why was the stone wall broken down? Because he was slothful. He was not careful. And what happened? When the stone wall is broken down, it's like a spirit which is broken down and he has no rule over his spirit. And we know from 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 14 verse 32, the spirit of the prophets is what? Is subject to the prophets. Okay, one of the one of the symptoms of unbelief is there's no control. You don't have self-control. You're not able to exercise self-control. You know, you have, in Telugu it says, Mukkumida Kopam. Your, your anger is where? It's on your nose. Okay. You just blow out easily. Okay. And lo, it was all grown with thorns and nettles that covered the face thereof. And what is it? It's a symbol of what? Curse. And the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered well, I looked upon it and received instruction. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come as one that traveleth and I want as an armed man. So, man who has no control over his spirit. One of the symptoms of unbelief. There's no control, no self-control at all. Third, I saw fourth one. He gnashes with his teeth. What does it mean? He is overpowered by anger and bitterness. Bitterness and anger overpowers him. Acts chapter 7, he gets offended so easily. Look at what it says in Acts chapter 7, verse 54, after uh, Stephen preached. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. Okay? From Proverbs chapter 30, there is a generation that curses their father and mother. There is a generation that is pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. There is a generation... Oh, how lofty are their eyes and their eyes are lifted up. And verse 14, there is a generation whose teeth are as swords and their jaw teeth as knives. Totally right. So if they can't win an argument, what will they do? They will shout you down. Teeth are as knives uh, and swords to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. Then fourth, and sixth one, he becomes rigid and he's stubborn. 
is what? Is what? She's a stubborn and you become stubborn and stiff-necked. Unbelief causes stubbornness and stiff-neckedness. That is the reason why he says, this is a stubborn and a stiff-necked generation. Of whom did he say that? Of the people who came out of Egypt and who were wandering in the wilderness. Hmm? Ezekiel chapter 2. And he said to him, son of man, I am sending you to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me to this day. For they are an impudent and a stubborn children. I am sending you to them and you shall say to them, thus says the Lord, as for them, whether they hear or whether they refuse, for they are a rebellious generation. Yeah, so we look at the fact that stubborn and rebellion is one of the causes of unbelief, one of the symptoms of unbelief. You are stubborn and rebellious. And then the next one, he often gets thrown into fire and water. Why, why is he? He is overcome by a spirit of depression and suicide. See, overcome by a spirit of depression and suicide. So wherever there is depression and suicide, what is there? There is unbelief. Yeah, Proverbs chapter 18 verse 14. The spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness, but who can bear a broken spirit? Okay, if you don't, if your spirit is not strong, even if your body is strong, it doesn't matter. If your spirit is strong, even if your body is not strong, you will still be able to bless the next generation. That's exactly what was happening to Elisha. Right? He was weak in his body. He was about to die. And it's remarkable, isn't it? The king comes to him and he says, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horses thereof. That means he's still spiritually strong. And what was, what was that one man who was protecting the entire nation of Israel from the onslaught of the enemy was one man in touch with God. A man who was weak in his body, but strong in the spirit. And you know what he does? He says, bring your sword, bring your bow. And what does he do? He lays hands upon him and imparts spiritual strength to him. He's able to still impart spiritual strength to the next generation. And he says, come on, strike the earth. Okay. And what does that fellow do? One, two, three, over. And what does the man of God do? What are you doing? See, how, how you're an unbelieving generation. There's no strength at all inside of you. I just wonder who is the person who's strong? The person who's weak in his body or a person who's strong in his body? You see that? You're a, a spirit of man will sustain in, in sickness, but who can bear a broken spirit? I, I like what the NIV says. A human spirit can endure in sickness, but a crushed spirit, who can bear? No body can bear a crushed spirit. Understand that. Therefore, Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22. A merry heart is like a medicine. So if you want to <laughs> save on your doctor's bills, what should you have? A merry heart. Cheerful heart. Okay. It's like a good medicine. Aushadamu. Okay. But a crushed spirit, what does it do? It dries your bones. Okay. You may have my strong body, fantastic bones, a lot of calcium intake. Okay. So vitamin D is very high. <laughs> but <laughs> if you don't have a merry heart, the bones will be crushed. A cheerful heart is a good medicine but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. You see that? Saps a person's strength. Internal strength is important. A joyful heart is a good medicine but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. And the final uh, seventh uh, symptom of unbelief, we looked at the fact that he was a, he had he was deaf and dumb. He was dead to the spiritual. Okay, He was dead to the spiritual. You could speak to him but he would not respond. 
And therefore, Jesus had to cast out that mute spirit. He said, you deaf and dumb spirit, I cast you out in the name of Jesus. I cast you out. I mean, he didn't say in the name of Jesus, I cast you out. All right. So it's these seven symptoms we looked at last time. The seven symptoms of unbelief. But what is a what is the solution? That is what I want to look at this morning. The solution to this problem. And Jesus himself gives a solution. Let's read from Mark's chapter, Gospel chapter 9. And let's see what is the solution that he has to offer. Hmm? If you want to walk in faith okay, and overcome the enemy. Verse 22. <clears throat> and often he has thrown him into the fire and into the water and to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Isn't it interesting? If you can do anything. No, it's like this, no? Once upon a time, our God was very powerful. But nowadays, he has become a little weak. Is it possible? Okay. We, we heard, no? He was very, once upon a time, he was very powerful. No, no, no. And you know what? Jesus immediately says something very powerful. He says, Jesus said to him, if you can believe all things. The problem is, you can believe. You cannot believe. <laughs> you don't have the power to believe. All things are possible to him who believes. And what did the father say? Immediately the father of the child, I like that word. Everybody use that word, underlined word. What does it say? Cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. So the first thing that you want to do in order to grow in your unbelief, what should you do? Cry out. Exactly. Okay. You want to understand. see this cry out is a spiritual thing. It is just not, oh Jesus help me. That is not what it is. There's so many things that there are so many, what do you say, uh, nuances to this one word cry out. What does cry out mean? I want to look at that this morning. Okay. What does cry out mean? First thing. Well, let's see this, this thing about crying out and faith. Matthew chapter 15. <clears throat> verse 21. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Same problem. And what did she do? She cried out. And Jesus said something. But he answered her, not a word. And what did she do? Did she stop? Disciples got irritated. He kept on crying out, crying out, crying out. And his disciples came and urged him saying, See, send her away. For she cries out after us. Not, about, not after you. Don't get too, uh, what do you say, famous <laughs> already. <laughs> He's crying out of Jesus, of, out after Jesus. So first lesson, what does cry out mean? Let not God's silence stop you from crying out. The first step. God will often be, be silent. When when God is silent, ask Lord, why are you silent? Okay? We sing that song, no? Magnify the Lord with me. And one, one of the standards says, this poor man cried out to the Lord. And the Lord delivered him from all his tri- troubles. Cry out. So, do not stop crying out from God to God when he's not answering you. Okay, you're asking and asking, asking, asking. Not even receiving one word from God. What should you do? Stop crying out? Well, there was one guy. 1 Samuel chapter 14. This is Saul. The Saul, so Saul asked counsel of the Lord. Shall I go after go down after the Philistines? Will you deliver them into the hand of Israel? 
But he did not answer him. And immediately what Saul did? Lord, why are you not answering me, Lord? Do you see something inside of my heart? Do you see pride in my heart? Never. He never asked, Lord, search me and know me. Why am I not able to hear from God? Ask the Lord, why is he silent? Why are you not getting direction from you? What is the reason, Lord? Is there any block inside of my heart? You know what he said? Who is the block? Who? Which of you sinned? Eh? Immediately. And that was his, his, what do you say? Disease. Can you imagine one day he stopped hearing from God immediately? He says, okay, fine. God is not speaking to me. Let, just be, let me just carry on with my life. Okay. Understand this. Come over here. All you chiefs of the people and, and know and see what the, what sin was today. Oh, you, what is the sin today? Who is the block? You are the block. Biggest block. No, there's somebody asked, no. I think CK Chester, GK Chesterton, who said, what is the problem with the world? Just send us an essay. You know what he said? The problem with the world is me, yours faithfully. Who's the problem? I am the problem. I am the block. So we have to be very careful. Okay, what is the block inside of me, Lord? Why are you silent? Show me, show me, show me. That is the reason why David says, Lord, search me and know me. See if there's any wicked way inside of my heart and lead me in the way of everlasting life. So first thing, when you cry out, let not the silence from God stop you from crying out to God. Rather, start examining your heart. When the Lord is not crying out, when you're crying out to the Lord and he is not, he's not answering you, it says in Proverbs chapter 1, he says, when, when you cry out, I will not answer. You know why? Because when I cried out, you did not answer. So you should ask God, Lord, when you cried out, did I not answer to you? When you said, spoke to me something very clearly, did I disobey you? Is there any disobedience in my heart? Please show me, Lord. Okay, last three days of this of this year, 29, 30, 31, three more days, right? 29, 30, 31, Lord, is there any disobedience where, where you clearly spoke to me and I disobeyed you? Show me. Show me. If you don't do it, what, what will happen? First Samuel chapter 28, verse 5. When Saul saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid and his heart trembled Greatly. And when he, Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him. Either by dreams or by Urim or by Thummim. So what did Saul do? Okay, the Lord is not telling me what should I do. What will I do? Let's seek a medium. Let's go into witchcraft. See how you can just go away from God? You never, because you never want to be confronted by God. Ask God, Lord, where is the block? Show me the block, Lord. Psalm 35 verse 22. Look at what David says. Lord, you have seen this. Do not be silent. Please, Lord, don't be silent. Do not be far from you, Lord. Please don't be silent, Lord. Jesus did not answer a word, but did never stop the woman from seeking after God with her whole heart. Many times, the Lord may not speak to us. We're seeking and seeking. What will you do? Will you stop crying out? Or will you say, Lord, I want to examine myself? Sometimes you may be right. So what should you do? Endure at that time. What should you do? Endure. Isaiah chapter 50 verse 10. Look at what it says. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys his servant? You are obeying God. You have never been disobedient to his word. You have obeyed God. But you are walking in darkness without any ray of light. Trust in the Lord and rely on your God. Trust at that time. God is taking you to the process. He's hiding you. Maybe this God is working so many other things. Simultaneously, he might be working so many other things. So, 
let not the silence from God stop you from seeking him, but seek even more hard after him and ask God, examine yourself more and more and say, Lord, where are the blocks in my heart? Show me, show me, Lord, try me. And Lord, keep your servant from presumptuous sins, right? Keep your servant from presumptuous sins. Let not them have, let them have no dominion over them, he says in Psalm 19. Then it goes on to say, Psalm, Matthew chapter 15, verse 24. <clears throat> But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the, to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Means, what does it mean? Still not convinced. What did she do immediately? From crying out, what did she begin to do now? She worshipped him. Now this is a very interesting word in, uh, in the Greek. There are two words for Greek, uh, for worship in Greek. One is proskaneo and the other is latreo. Proskaneo means to prostrate, fall prostrate before God. Latreo means to serve God. Remember, offer the body of your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. This is your reasonable service or latrio. Okay. The Lord thy God, him only you shall worship and him only you shall serve. You should, what does therefore worship mean here? What does worship in prostrate before the Lord? Meaning, continue to humble yourself before God until you get an answer from him. Why? Read this. This is what I wrote. Okay. Continue to humble yourself before God. It is not over until God says, it's over. Okay. So continue to humble. Think about it now. When Ahab, the worst fell on planet earth, when he humbled himself, God relented. When Manasseh humbled himself, God relented. Okay. So do not stop humbling yourself. So I'll say, Lord, I will humble myself. I will not, I don't have any other, see, see, we, 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 we are not going to twist the arm of God and say, you have to uh, answer me. We just humble ourselves and hope for the best. <laughs> okay. Look at what it says in Jonah chapter 3. Jonah chapter 3, this is when uh, the king of uh, Nineveh, he, uh, he issues this decree. Look at what he says. I love the words of this man, no? This king. Let neither man or beast, herd nor flock taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily, cry, cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence in his hands. And verse 9 is significant. Look at what he says. Who can tell? Who can tell? So, so she's not giving up. She says, who can tell Lord? That's, I, mean, I, like, I like that song. Who can tell what God can do? Who can tell of his love for you? In the name of Jesus, Jesus, we have the victory. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away? One of the incredible truths that you have to keep, let it be etched in your heart. Lord, it is not over until you say it is over, first thing. Second thing, I will cry out because who knows? Who knows? Now, let me tell you something. Just because you are crying out and humbling yourself, it is not, it does not mean that God is obligated to, to answer you in the positive and in the affirmative. But that should not stop you from what? From humbling yourself. That's exactly what happened to David. He went to the temple and he prostrated before the Lord when his son was struck by, by, by sickness. And when he was prostrating, when he was humbling himself, the people came and, I mean, after that, I mean, of course, when he hears that his son is dead, he gets up and he begins to eat and his servants come and say, what is going on? What did you do? What, are, what is this? What, can you just explain this to us, please? You know what he says? Who can say if God would have mercy upon me? Who can say? So what did he do? He humbled himself until God said it is what? Over. He's not coming back. 
okay don't give up like you know winston churchill churchill no what is his fame, most famous statement never 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 give up okay we'll come to that <clears throat> matthew chapter 15 and let's let's go on but he answered and said it is not good to take the children's food and throw it to dogs and she answered hmm yes lord even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table dil jeet liye na this is wisdom let me tell you something don't get offended when the lord uses harsh words that's how you cry out see cry out me itna dekha so much of depth is there in one word cry out don't get offended when the lord uses harsh words see you will say when the lord uses harsh words i will not get offended but my when my pastor uses harsh words <laughs> when my husband uses harsh words when my father and mother use harsh words okay. understand this the lord will use like for example not uh, joseph no you are spice you are spice <laughs> you are you are spice and they were like no 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 we are noble people <laughs> really <laughs> see don't get offended when the lord uses harsh words let me tell you something no behind every harsh word of god there's tremendous love tremendous love because whom the lord loves what does he do he rebukes otherwise what kind of a children are you illegitimate children you are of the wrong seed we don't even know who your father is in other words they said jesus they told jesus we don't know who your father is jesus will tell you i don't know who your father is because you are a first person who will never come to come under correction and you will get offended so easily one of the things you need to have is thick skin thick skin ka matlab not that you doesn't matter how much how much people will scold you will not change that is not what i'm talking about <laughs> you know lot of, lot of people no they say today pastor scolded me i'm so good i'm so great why did he scold you baba to wear it wear as a badge so that you will change what's the whole point in getting the scolding and not changing hmm oh pastor scolded me after all he is our father he has to scold good he scolded so what don't wear it as a badge change it's that's the reason why it says proverbs chapter 28 verse 1 is or 29 verse 1 he says the one who is often rebuked right if somebody can read it 291 right 291 if i'm right yeah read it please pop just be ah he that been often reproved hardeneth his neck <laughs> will suddenly be destroyed you see that so don't harden your neck don't let the let the harsh words of the lord offend you so what do you do continue to cry out and in fact you know what happens ask the lord for wisdom to 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 win his heart okay to win his heart like you know like abigail's abigail how she won over uh, david's heart you are great no let not the lord cause you to sin no no when you the great uh, blessings of god over your life and david was like wah kya girl hai re bhai and you just won over my heart and then of course he proposes marriage to her later on so if you want to get proposal from jesus let not the harsh words of jesus offend you okay you know one of the things that you if you some of the youtube uh, videos are very interesting okay uh, this this guy wants to propose to propose his girl okay you know what he does um uh, if this proposal videos will be there on youtube okay don <laughs> you know some of, some of you already know okay on proposal videos you know how the how the how the guy guy proposes to his girl okay he takes her on the flight 
Okay. And then, um, and then he acts as if, uh, you know, they are those in the US, everybody has their own private jet. Okay. So he's flying in the airplane and then he suddenly says, Oh, we are in turbulence. We have to do an emergency landing. And now she's his co, he's his co-pilot. So he, he takes out the card and he gives it to the co-pilot. Okay. Read the instructions as to how do I, how should I do emergency landing? <laughs> now she's all scared, <laughs> scared. And then she starts reading, uh, do you see the co-pilot uh, as a worthy husband? She's like, what is that? Will you agree if he proposes marriage to you? <laughs> and she said, she looks at him so totally shocked, you see. And then, of course, she starts crying. Very interesting and cute and romantic. <laughs> well, see, if you want to get proposal from Jesus, what? Okay, don't. Okay, don't get offended when he uses harsh words. Answer him wisely. Wisely. Matthew chapter 15. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Kya this is crying out. Great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. How did her faith become great? Because no matter so many obstacles, she never got offended. She never stopped pursuing God. Okay. Therefore, Luke's Gospel chapter 18. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Don't lose your heart. Saying, there was a certain city, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. Get justice. And she bothered him and he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because of this widow who troubles me, I will avenge her lest by her what? Continual coming. One of the things you need to understand, don't be a quitter. Don't be a quitter in God's kingdom. Quitters never win. You know, um, 12 round backs boxing match. Yesterday, um, I think some, uh, Christmas 26th is called Boxing Day. Boxing Day is not Boxing Day, but it is Boxing Day. You uh, you get, send gifts to others. No, think in a th- in a 12 round back bo- boxing match. You know, the entire boxing match is for how many how many minutes? 36 minutes. The entire boxing match is 30 because three minutes round. Each round is three minutes. 36 minutes. After every three minutes, you have one minute break. For 36 minutes, if you quit in the 29th minute, you see, uh, I think it was Joe Fraser versus Muhammad Ali, if, I, if I'm right, Joe Fraser versus Muhammad Ali, okay, it was, I think they were, uh, they were having this boxing match in, uh, in Philip near, in Malani, Manali, what is it, Manila, Manila, sorry, yeah, Manila, yeah, it was very hot, very hot, very hot place, and uh, Joe Fraser was Pummeling, giving uh, Muhammad Ali in left, right and center, okay. Nicely giving him, man. Muhammad Ali thought he was going to lose the match. And 30 seconds before the final, final whistle, the 12th round, Fraser's team called it, called off the match because he was bleeding from all directions, okay. Full of bruises and bleeding from all directions. But you know what? After they finished the match, and they went to the judges and they saw the score. He actually won the match on technical knockout. Who? Fraser against Ali. And why did he call out the match? 30, just 30 seconds because he could not, could not endure. 30 seconds. 30 seconds because he couldn't endure. So never ever quit. Proverbs chapter 24 verse 16. A just man falleth. How many times? Seven times. What will he do? Rise again. 
Why is again? That is the reason why in every match, whom do you want to support? The underdog or the favorite? At least to me. Whom do you want to support? Underdog. And you know why I like Rafa? Because he's always the underdog. Nobody will give him a chance to win. (laughs) But he will. You should see till the last minute he fights. And the and the remarkable thing about that guy is even when he loses after a fight, you should see the attitude with which he accepts defeat. That's tremendous, you know. That is the reason why he has won, he has won my heart. Literally, after all the other celebrities, I would really, I count him as one of the greatest of all time. You know why? Six hours in Australia, it's in Australia, in, uh, in, in, in Melbourne, Australia, in the Australia Open, it's one of the most difficult Grand Slams because you have to fight or you have to win matches at 40 degrees centigrade. That's a, that's a temperature, around 40 degrees and incredible humidity. Okay. It was a six-hour marathon against Djokovic and he lost. Okay. This was, I think, way back in 2012 or 13. 12 or 13. And of course, I was, my heart was bleeding for him. I was crying literally, you know. I said, yeah, poor guy, poor guy, poor guy. What happened? What happened? He was, he was almost winning and he lost it. In the final, final set, he lost it. But you should see the next time he comes back again with the same energy, same attitude, he never ever gives up. It's called the matador, Spanish matador, you know. No wonder he's called the Spanish matador because it doesn't matter how many times you fall, you raise up. And come again. But the wicked shall fall into his mischief. So never give up. Don't be a quitter. Then the Lord said. Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect. Who cry out day and night to him. Who cry out day and night to him. Though he bears long with them. You see they are crying out. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless when the son of man comes. Will he really find this kind of what? Faith on the earth. So, So what should you do? If you want to never quit, one thing you should do is grow in the knowledge of God. Grow in the knowledge of God. Grow in the knowledge of God. He says, look at this unjust judge and look at me. What am I? What kind of a judge am I? I am a just judge. Never give up. Never give up on your intercession. Be like uh, Abraham who will haggle. <laughs> look at how, he, how Abraham haggles with, Jesus, uh, with God, uh, with Jesus of course. Genesis chapter 18. Then the men turned away from there and went towards Sodom. But Abraham still stood before the Lord. And Abraham came near and said, Would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous that were in it? Far be it from you. Look at this. That you should do such a thing. To slay the righteous with the wicked. So that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of the whole earth do what? Do right. You see, grow in the knowledge. Therefore, he says in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18, if you want to never ever give up, you know this verse very well, but grow in grace and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay? To him be glory both now and forever. So never give up and grow in grace. Keep crying out to God. That is how you fight unbelief. <clears throat> Another example, Mark's Gospel chapter 9. Now when they came to Jericho, <clears throat> he went out of Jer- Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. You know, that is the reason why we sing that song now. One sat alone beside the highway begging. What is his name? Blind. And his name is 
Bar temios. Now the word for temios means unclean. Okay. Bar temios means son of unclean. And how many times is it mentioned? Twice. That means he is unclean, unclean. That's exactly what the person who is a leper has to say. What should you say? I am unclean, unclean. Perfectly unclean. Sat by the road begging. And what, what happened to him? When he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was going by, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. In other words, if you want to not not uh, get cold in your unbelief and grow in your faith, what should you do? Don't let your uncleanness stop you. Don't let your uncleanness stop you. Why? Why? Isaiah chapter 64 verse 6 But we are all as unclean. I think uh, Peter was just praying. You know, he says um, Matthew chapter, he was actually quoting from Matthew chapter 8 and verse, uh, verse 1 onwards. When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. You know what Jesus said? Touched him, and Jesus said, I am willing. All you need to do is acknowledge your what? Uncleanness. Acknowledge that you are unclean. Don't let your uncleanness stop you. Look at another example, no? Mark chapter 5. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood. I, I think uh, KJV uses the word issue of blood. Okay. We all have an issue. You know what issue means? Discharge. She had an issue of blood. We have issue of the mouth. Okay. Profusely we speak through our mouth. Constantly speaking what? Not faith but unbelief. We all have an issue. She had an issue of blood. We have issue of words. We have issue of words and we have issue with words. We have the issue of the tongue. For how many years? 12 years. And she had suffered many things from many physicians. So physicians will only <laughs> cause you to suffer. You see, you go to the physician, bah, it's always suffering only, no? <laughs> it's never, never uh, a pleasant experience when you go to the physician. You're always, your heart is in your mouth. What will he say? Okay, especially if he has to do endoscopy. If he has to cut you, my goodness. Suffering. She suffered many things of the physicians. She spent all that she had and she was no better. But what happened to her? She rather grew worse. And she, what she did, what did, what did she do? She heard about Jesus. She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes. The uncleanness did not stop her. Let not your uncleanness stop you from going towards Jesus. Because he is the only person who says, I am willing. He does, he doesn't, just, just not, does not proclaim you unclean, like the, I mean, clean like the, like the priest. You know what the priest says? Uh, I proclaim you clean. Go outside and wash yourself. What, what does the, what, what does this high priest do of the order of Melchizedek? He touches him and he says, be cleansed. Remarkable. Okay. When she heard about Jesus, she came from behind. So let not your uncleanness stop you from Jesus. Okay. We all have issues and we will have issues. Okay. Don't let your issue stop from Jesus. So what did he do? Bartimaeus. Then the many warned him to be quiet. You know, the word in KJV is what? It's very interesting. Charged him. In other words, <laughs> they said, if you want to go to Jesus, it will cost you. They will raise the price. Yeah. So, I wrote this. Don't let don't allow anyone or anything raise the price. 
Oh, you want to go to, if you want to get favor from God, you have to fast 10 days. Your fasting will not get favor from God. You have to give so much. No. Freely. Romans chapter 3. Look at what it says. Romans chapter 3 verse 22. I like that word. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all have sinned. Verse 23. And have fallen short of the glory of God being justified. How? Freely. I know the word for freely is very interesting in Greek. It means without cost. Without cost. By his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So, I, I used to remember, I remember when I was uh, growing, I was a young believer in the Lord. I, go, I used to go to church, one week I used to be fired up. And uh, Monday, Sunday would be really, really fired up because I used to get a nice word from our uh, from our youth leader. And then next day, I would fall into some sin or something. And I would be so discouraged. Then I would say, you know Lord, I will make myself clean. And then I will come to you. And I'll ask you to forgive me. It's impossible. You can never. Lot of people do the same thing. No, When they fall into sin, they run away from church. What are you supposed to do? Run to the church, not away from the church. Run towards fellowship and not away from fellowship. Run towards the body of Christ, not away from the body of Christ. Okay, let me show you one verse. No, Uh, If you can turn with me to James chapter 5. Very interesting verse. I just want to show you a very, very important verse. I I just forgot to put this. This is James chapter 5. Some one can, some of, one of you can read it for me. James chapter 5. Verse, uh, I, I'll read it from the NKJV, okay? This is verse 13 onwards. It says, if any, if anyone among you is suffering, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? What should he do? Let him call for the elders of the church. Don't run away from the church. What should you do? Call the elders. Who should call? You should call. Don't expect the elders to get a word of prophecy and knowledge. Oh, I think Vijay fell into sin. No. Even if God gives them, they will not call. Because they will be blocking your anointing and your healing because you have to exercise your faith. So it says, if anyone among you is sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over them. And what should he do? Anointing him with what? Oil. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. I like that. What what should they do? They should come and anoint. What is the anointing a symbol of? Of the Holy Spirit. Now think about this. The Holy Spirit is a symbol of the anointing. And the, and the children, people of the church or the elders of the church should, should come and anoint you and pray over you. Now there are two different kinds of ways you will be healed. In Mark chapter 16 it says, In my name you will cast out demons. And if you lay hands upon anybody who is sick, what will happen to them? They will be healed. Now think about that. In that situation, are you supposed to anoint, oil, anoint yourself with oil? And lay hands on them? And they will be healed? No. Why? Because those are the people who are outside the church. They are still not a part of the church. Do you understand? But the person who is a part of the church and he falls away into sin, what are you supposed to do? should call the elders and what will they do? They will put hands upon you, they'll lay hands upon you and they, you will be healed because it, you're, you, you're, you're saying, you know what, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an integral member of the body of Christ. I'm not running away. I'm not hiding my sin. I want to be clean. I want to be made whole. I want to be saved. So, let not your, uh, uh, don't let anybody um, say you, you have to pay a price. You, you just come freely. Come and say, Lord, just heal me, Lord. Come and confess. Don't hide your sin. It says, he who confesses his sin and forsakes his sin, what will he obtain? He will obtain mercy. Revelation chapter 21 verse 6. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. It is done. It is paid in full. 
Okay. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I give the fountain of water of life. How? Freely. Freely. To him who thirsts. How does God forgive? I'll show you. Luke's Gospel chapter 7. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 50, 500 dinari and the other owed 50 dinari. Who was poor? No, tell me. Answer is, who is poor? The one who owed 500 or the one who owed 50? No, no, no. No, that guy is not poor, Baba. See, the one who owed 500, he thought he could pay off and he, he borrowed more. The one who owed 50? Who is poor? The person who, is le- who owes less and still can't pay it is poor. Am I right? The person who owes less and he still... Think about it, no? Uh, uh, let somebody some comes and says, Brother Vijay, um, I owe 100 rupees to Dr. Richard. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not able to pay him. 100 rupees, actually. Don't even ask me. Okay. I'll ask you, boy, you don't even have 100 rupees. You're so poor. Let's say one guy comes and says, Brother Vijay, I owe Dr. Richard 1 lakh rupees. Sorry. Sorry, that kind of money, I'm sorry, I don't have. You see? You know what God is saying? He's saying one owed how much? 500. The other owed 50. I mean, one is, one is, one is poorer than the other. The Pharisee unfortunately thought he was richer. And when they had nothing with which he to repay, what, how did he forgive? He freely forgave. That's how God forgives, forgives freely. That's the reason why he says he is the one who forgives all, all, I like that word, all our iniquities and who heals all our diseases. All, 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 freely. So when you fall into sin, when you fall into temptation, when you, when you fail God, don't ever let your uncleanness stop you from going, going to God and asking Him for forgiveness. You can never earn your salvation. It was not because of your righteousness you were saved. And there could be several, up in, in the, in the coming days, you might fall several times. You might fail God several times. You may not, you may not have, you may not have done things to the best of your ability. Let that not stop you from going to God. Let that not stop you. And when they had nothing, that is the reason why I like the story of underdogs, no? People are not very talented and who become excellent in their field. You know, one of the chess players, who's one of my favorite chess players is Mikhail Tal. You know why is Mikhail Tal as a favorite for me? He Because he was not good at all in the beginning of his career. People used to defeat him left, right and center. And practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced and one day, now we have Tal Memorial. In the memory of Mikhail Tal. Yeah. Understand this. Never, ever, ever give up. Because it is not my righteousness. It is whose righteousness? It is Jesus' righteousness. I dare not trust my sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Understand that. Philippians chapter 3. And be found in him, verse 9, not having my own righteousness which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, that that righteousness which comes by faith and faith alone, it is free. So you will never be able to earn your salvation. You will never be able to earn your forgiveness. It does. It is not a license for you to sin. I'm not talking about that. He says, these things I write to you, my dear brothers and sisters, so that you may not sin. But if ever you 
sin. You, you have what? An advocate who is in heaven. Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is a propitiation of my sin and not only my sin, but the sin of the whole world. So understand this. Even when you fall a million times, go back to God. Let not your uncleanness drive you away from church. I've seen so many young people especially, when they fall into sin, they get offended because they've been corrected and they run away from church. The very source of life, they run away from it. You know, one thing I've decided, I have decided in my life, this was a decision that I made a long time back. I said, Lord, it does not matter. You have to kick me out from the church, but I'm not going out. You have to pluck me out. I'm not. Okay. I'm not. I don't care about positions of authority, ministry, etc. That is, that is irrelevant. That is, that is not my right, as Pastor was telling us. No, the other day he said, this is not a right. It's only a privilege. If God uses, great. God does not use, okay. But as long as I'm your son, it's enough for me. I'm not going away from this place. I will not go away. That is the reason why even Paul says, right, one guy who's caught in that adultery, he says, hand him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, but for the saving of the soul. But in Second Corinthians chapter 2, chapter 1, if I'm right, chapter 2, he says, bring him back now, bring him back. Enough, enough. He has suffered enough. Otherwise, he'll be discouraged and he'll be destroyed. So, no, no, no. Don't get, don't destroy him now. Bringing him, bring him back to the faith. Understand that. Don't give up. Don't give up. Let not your uncleanness stop you from crying out to God. Continue to cry out. See, unbelief. Crying out. The anatomy of a cry. Hmm? It's, it's interesting. Kadzo in Greek. Kadzo. Hmm? Mark's Gospel chapter 10. <clears throat> so, what happened? So, so what, what did he do? When, when, uh, they started, uh, st- when they stopped him and raised the price, what did he do? Did he stop crying? He actually said, he cried even more loudly. And what happened? Jesus stood still. Cry till Jesus stands still. He has to hear your voice. That should be how, that's how desperate your cry should be. God has to stop. And commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man. Be of good cheer. Is, is interesting, right? Right now they pray, <laughs> raise the price. Now what are you saying? He stopped. The price has come down. Okay. Be of good cheer. No? <laughs> Rise. He is calling you and throwing aside his garment. So let me tell you something. When God calls you, don't take your garment. Take away garment. Confess your sin openly. He who hides his sin will not prosper. Don't try to hide your garment. Don't try to hide your uncleanness. Okay. You know why? Let me tell you something. One of the first things that glorifies God. You know what glorifies God? Your repentance and your confession. What glorifies God? Your repentance and your confession. Remember when Achan is caught? Joshua calls him and he says, first thing he says, son, give God the glory. <laughs> In other words, Baba, why will you hide now? Confess. Give God the glory. Don't hide in your sin. Put away that garment. That is the reason why he says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and put no provision for the flesh. He says, put away the old man which is growing corrupt with his deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put away. Take away. Don't hide. Show that you are unclean. Don't hide your uncleanness. That's exactly what Naaman is asked to do. Remove your garments and hide. Go to the waters of Jordan and dip yourself how many times? Seven times. That means perfectly humble yourself. Perfect. Seven times you should humble. And throwing aside his garment, he arose and he came to Jesus. Three things he did. He threw aside his garment. 
second thing he rose third thing what did he do he ran towards jesus three spiritual acts throw aside arise and run to jesus that's exactly what the prodigal son did what did he do he threw aside his pride he arose from the pig's pen and he ran towards the father okay run towards jesus okay so whenever you fall you fall into uh, unbelief remember this so jesus answered and said to him what do you want me to do for you <laughs> i like the guy's answer he said you know what raboni what does raboni mean my teacher not teacher my teacher please give me my sight acknowledge that you are an ignorant fellow i know nothing what do you know nothing that is the reason why it says in first corinthians chapter 3 if any man thinks that he is wise in the in this age what should he do he should become a fool first so that he may be made wise i know nothing evi rao naku what is your name evi rao what is evi rao means evi rao meaning i don't know anything what is your name evi rao rao means not intelligent no nothing empty nothing in my hands i bring simply to the cross i cling naked come to thee for dress helpless look to thee for grace foul i to thy fountain fly wash me savior or i die see that raboni please give me my sight i don't know anything see if you know everything god will say hmm. that is the reason why he says if any man thinks that he knows anything he is deceiving himself because he knows nothing as he ought to know that is the reason why it's very important to listen carefully through the attitude of your body language itself you will know whether you know everything or you don't know anything and this is not related to okay what are you going to say what is the new thing which i don't know you are going to talk to me today that is the attitude a lot of people come to church huh then jesus said to him go your way go your way your faith has made you well and what did he do hmm. immediately he received a sight and followed jesus on the road okay so follow jesus and don't go your way follow jesus and don't go jesus okay fine go 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 but follow jesus don't go your way why did you fall into uncleanness because you went your way follow jesus and don't go your your way so this is crying out see how many steps in crying out so many things we looked at crying out follow jesus don't go your way this year follow jesus don't go your way <clears throat> finally <clears throat> let's go to the next one first thing cry out if you want to battle unbelief what should you do first act is to cry out second act then disciples came to jesus how privately and said why could we not cast out so how do you grow in your in your in your in your faith draw near in silence and solitude draw near to god in silence and solitude in quietness and rest in quietness and rest it says silence and solitude and that means what have the secret life with god practice the presence of god in your life practice the presence of god be like jesus here it what it's here 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 this is what is written about jesus we know this was very well who in the days of his flesh when he had offered up prayers and supplications with what cries vehement cries you know when he cried out vehemently meaning he doesn't mean that he was there with, with people he was crying out to god in his secret have the secret life with god draw near to god 
in silence and solitude, meaning have the secret life with God. Pierce was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. Have this, draw near to God in silence and solitude. Why is this important? Look at what it says in Luke's Gospel chapter 9. And it came to pass about eight days after these things. How many days? Eight days. You know what it says in Mark's Gospels and Matthew, Matthew Gospel, it says after six days. And what does, what does Luke say? After eight days. What does it mean? Six is the number of man. When you come to the end of yourself, then God begins to work. Eight is the number of New beginning. You come to the end of yourself. Come into the rest of God and allow God to work in your life. That is what is quietness and rest. Now it came to pass about eight days after these things that he took Peter, John and James and went up onto the mountain to pray as he, what? As he prayed. You see that? As he prayed. And you know that the word for uh, uh, for uh, his appearance changed. If you look at uh, Matthew and Mark, it says he was transformed before them. He was transfigured before them. The word for transformed is what? Metamorpho. Completely changed. And how was he completely changed? First thing, he went up to the mountain. Second, he prayed. And as he prayed, what happened? His figure or his appearance began to change. So how should we do? What should we do? What, what, what we should do? We should also go up the mountain. What is going up the mountain? I'll tell you what going up the mountain. Die to your flesh. Romans chapter 12. I beseech you therefore brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. First thing. Offer to God. Come up. Come up. And flesh cannot go up. He, that is the reason why he says, lay aside every weight and every sin which so easily besets us and run with endurance. Okay. And then he says, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. So transformation is not an easy thing. You should go up to the top of the mountain, meaning what? Go with God, spend time in solitude and say, Lord, even as I meditate upon your word, let me be transformed. How do I be transformed? By the renewing of the mind. How do I get, how do I get transformed? By the renewing of the mind. So the, it's the transformation happens when you are renewed by the water of the word of God. When you start changing the way you think. When you cast down every imagination. You be transformed. By the renewing of, renewing of your mind. That you may prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So when Jesus went onto the top of the mountain, when he started practicing solitude and silence, what is happening and started meditating upon God's word, your mind is renewed and you're being transformed. You're not the same person anymore. You're not the same person who was like two or three years before. You're changing now. The way you look at things, your outlook is changing. The thought patterns are changing. You're removing all the lies from your mind and you're replacing those thoughts by the word of God. You're allowing the finger of God to write his law on your minds and in your heart. You're doing that. And it's happening how? In silence and in solitude. That is the reason why do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Now stand in the way of sinners. Now sit in the seat of the scornful. But what should you do? Delight first. Delight yourself in the law of the Lord. And in his law, meditate. Meditation. That is what quietness means. Meditation. Asking the Lord. Meditate over and over. Think over uh, Paul tells Timothy, give yourselves completely to these things. Give yourselves completely to, uh, to these things. Let your conversion, let your change be apparent to everybody, to all men. That you are transformed, you are not the same person. So that is how you get transformed. The second way you get transformed. Second Corinthians chapter 4. Therefore we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed. Inward man is being renewed. When will the inward man be renewed? 
okay, for our light and momentary affliction, is working for us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we look at things which are eternal, okay, which are seen or which are not seen, or not do not look at things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, and the things which are seen are eternal, unseen are eternal. So when you get when do you get transformed? When your eyes shifts from the temporary, and when you begin to focus on the eternal. That is the reason why it's in Colossians chapter three. If you then be raised with Christ Jesus, set your minds on things above, and set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated. Put to death the deeds of the flesh. Let not fornication, adultery, covetousness, which is idolatry be once named among you. Okay. So, what happens? First thing, meditation. Second thing, look to the eternal. Third thing, Second Corinthians chapter 3. Now the Lord is a spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is, what is there? When the spirit is Lord, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. How is this transformation happening? When you are increasingly coming under the Lordship of the Spirit. The Spirit is Lord. You are increasingly, first thing, meditation. Second thing, don't looking, uh, not looking at the things which are temporary, but which are eternal. Third thing, when you are increasingly coming under the Lordship of the Spirit. Fourth, Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected. What do I do? But I press on. What should you do? Press on. To where? To that which, to that, the sorry, uh, um, press on that I may lay hold of for that which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. What do I do? Forgetting those things which are behind. So so many things which are there. The victories of 2021 and the failures of 2021. What should you do? Forget. Okay. So if you got 100% marks in your, let's say, one, one pace test, what, do you, what does your father say? Very good. And then what, do you, what does he say next word? Very good. Keep it up. What does it mean? Continue in that process. Forget this. Or don't rest in laurels of uh, your hundred hundred marks. Or let us let us say when you are really when you really flunk your exam and you do very bad. Forget that also and press on. Okay, Abigail is there now. When when she gets a little less marks in our pace wasters, you should see the tears coming out of her eyes. Like this, she makes tears. Okay, that's good. So what do I say? Forget. <laughs> Press on now. Okay. Press on. I am there with you. I am interested in your, in your 100%. I am there for you. I am for you. I am with you. As long as you are under my roof and you are interested in math. If you are not interested, I will create that interest. No problem. <laughs> okay. And ensure that your success is what I am always interested in. Okay. So forget the things which are behind the failures and the successes of 2021. And what should you do? Lay hold. But brethren, I do not come to say, one thing I do, I'm forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So, say, Lord, I'm coming, Lord. I'm forgetting all those things behind me, but I'm pressing on. How do I press on? How do I press on? Hebrews chapter 6. What, what should I press on towards? Hebrews chapter 6 will say, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Let us go on to perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, the doctrine of baptisms 
laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And everybody read verse 3. And this we will do. So we should understand, we should ask the question, what is this? Ah, 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 okay. Understand this, okay. And this we will do if God permits. What, what is this? I want to press on towards perfection. And who should permit that? God should permit. Our question is this. Will not God, will, will God not permit? Let me tell you something now. I think actually Derek Prince in his, in his study gives a very interesting example. He says, if you want to construct a house, okay, after you have dug up the foundation, for the foundation, you call the municipality. And he will see the how strong the foundation and then he gives you what? Permit. Permit. Okay. He'll give you what? Permit. So, in other words, if you want to press on, what should you get? Permission from whom? From God. When will God give you permission? When your foundation is strong. That's exactly what I do with Abigail. Now what I'll do with Abigail? If you are not perfect in this particular course, in this particular exam, until you become perfect, you'll repeat it. Until you are perfect. Foundations have to be strong. What are the foundations? Addition, multiplication, division. Sub- addition, subtraction, division, multiplication. Demas, exactly. And what do people don't not know? Addition, subtraction, division, multiplication. That's exactly what people don't know. Their foundations are so weak. So even in my class, a lot of parents get frustrated with me. Which they say, Pastor, why is my boy not progressing? I said, his foundations are not strong. And I, unless and until he is perfect in his foundation, I'm not giving permission for him to do the next phase. I'll tell you why. Because if he does the next phase, and I, and I brush everything under the carpet, what will happen? The, you will construct the building. The storm will come. And then when the building follows, falls, whom will come and say, Oh, the teacher there, oh, he did not teach math well at all. I don't want that, first of all. If you are not interested, you can take. The permission I will give you only when your foundations are perfect. So, so what should you do this year? Get a permit from God. <laughs> get a, get a permit from God. Okay, Lord, can I move to the next stage? Wait, 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 wait. Your repentance is not thorough. Your faith is not thorough. Your baptism is not true. What is laying on of hands? You don't come under authority. Hmm? You don't understand what is resurrection from the dead and you don't know what is eternal judgment and you want to press on towards maturity. That is the reason why he says, Lord, Lord, have we not? So if any man hears the words of mine and does them, what will I liken to him, liken him to be? I will liken him to be a man who dug what? Deep. What does digging mean? Remove all the things which are obstructing the work of God in your life and make the foundation, foundation solid. So what should you do this year? Make your foundation solid. Make your foundation solid. And get a permit from God. Otherwise God will not give you permission. Oh, I want to press on towards perfection. What perfection? I will fast secretly. You can't fast publicly. You will fast secretly. You cannot fool me with that. You think that you can fool God. Think about that. So get a permit from God. 
get a permit from God this year. Can I go, Lord, to the next stage? Or is there any loopholes? He will show you. <laughs> here, your repentance is not there. You are here, your faith is wrong. You get your permission from God this year, Baba. Please, don't go one step ahead without getting 100 marks in, one, in your exam. What is 100 marks? You are thorough with whatever God has given. To the light that God has given you, ensure that you are thorough. To the light. Okay? Amen. Get from it. Then, you want to grow in faith? Practice what? Denying of your self. Practice what? Why? She is very, very, she is well, she is able to read very well. What is practicing denying of yourself? Let me tell you something. Grow in your obedience. And do the things which you don't like. Do the things which you don't like. Matthew chapter 17. Jesus said something very interesting. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So how do you deny yourself? Two things. Prayer and fasting. So what should you do this year? Pastor was talking about, if you want to increase in faith, get a permission from God and develop a lifestyle of fasting. Hmm? I tell you honestly, you know, eating has got to do with taste only. Honestly. It's not got to do with filling your belly. Right? It's a taste which attracts you to food. The aroma. Okay, which tempts you. The sight. Have you seen Swiggy? Even the worst pizza shop, when they put up their pictures on Swiggy, it looks so fantastic. And your mouth starts to water until you order it. You know, I, I, like then, then you get the revelation. Yeah, really, honestly. <laughs> no, no, I, honestly, you know, there was a, first I used to order from Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut, every time I order, it's like, what, uh, 300 rupees? Oh, nonsense. I said, it's too expensive, man. Let me see. Any other spiggy, any other pizza delivery is there. One pizza shop, 100 rupees, 110 rupees, chicken pizza. I said, wow, why should I pay so much to this fellow? And uh, 100 rupees, it's not bad. And it looks very nice in the pictures. And then it got delivered. The cardboard got stuck to the pizza. Now how to separate the cardboard and the pizza and eat. I see she's like, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> practice, practice self-denial. Why, 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 why? Why? First Corinthians chapter 6. Out of your belly shall flow. How did, how, what, how did God say? Freely it should flow. But it always, you know, it's very interesting. Where God says, buy from me. Without cost. I mean, I, 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 it's, a, it's a very, it's a contradictory term. Buy from me without cost. That means I have to pay a price and yet not pay a price. Okay. Buy from me. Free. First Corinthians chapter 6. All things are lawful for me. Okay. So many things are lawful for you, my dear brothers and sisters. Okay. So what should you do this year? Things that you think are lawful for you. <laughs> if you want to grow. See, these are all, these are only for people who are serious. For other people who are casual and who just want to just go ahead and, you know, do a normal Christian life. That itself is very abnormal. Okay. If you want to read, if you know what normal Christian life is, read Watchman is normal Christian life. You know how normal Christian life is. Okay. Now, if you want a normal, okay, what normal mean? Where am I normal? Here, na there. Okay. You do, we don't know whether you're on fire or whether you can be trusted or not. You can't, you want to live that kind of a life. You have not, that's your call. For, but for me, 
I want to be counted by God. I was listening to us to an incredible hymn, okay, this morning. I want to show you. I want you to read the lyrics for that hymn. Okay. I shall, I'll just read the lyrics of this hymn, okay? <clears throat> okay, the moment I heard this hymn, I said, Abigail Emanuel, this morning I'm going to teach you that hymn, okay? Ho my comrades, ho my comrades, see the signal. You know this song? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Ho my comrades, see the signal. Waving in the sky. Reinforcements now appearing. Victory is nigh. Hold the fort. For I am coming. Jesus signal still. Wave the answer back to heaven. By thy grace we will. Kya baat And then he says. See the mighty, see the mighty host advancing. See the mighty host advancing. Not of Jesus. See the mighty host advancing. Satan leading on. Mighty ones around us falling. Courage almost gone. Big, big people are falling away. Big, big people whom whom you thought was were very faithful, who were on fire for God, they're all falling away. And what is happening? Courage is almost gone. Hold the fort. For I am coming. Jesus signals still. Wave the answer back to heaven. By thy grace we will. Verse 3. I mean, sorry, stanza 3. See the glorious banner waving. Hear the trumpet blow. In our leader's name we triumph over every foe. Hold that fort. For I am coming. Jesus signals still, wave the banner back to heaven. By thy grace we will finally. Fierce and long the battle rages. How long? Very long. Fierce and long the battle rages, but our help is near. Onward comes our great commander. Cheer, my comrades, cheer. Hold the fort, I am coming. Jesus signals still, wave the answer back to heaven. By thy grace we will. And Jesus says, occupy till I come. Hold the fort. Hold the fort. Okay. So if you want to hold the fort, what do you do? Let's go back. Whatever was that? I mean, I was like fired up. I said, this is what we need to teach our children. Okay. What a, what a, what a hymn. Now we have forgotten all these hymns and suddenly my, my memory was refreshed. I said, hey, this, this hymn, this is fired up hymn. Okay. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any so, 21 days, hopefully, you've overcome at least to some level. <laughs> okay. Or at least you knew, knew, uh, knew the chinks in your armor. Okay. Which is, which is, which easily attracts you, which easily tempts you, etc. Okay. But I will not be brought under the power of any foods for the stomach, stomach for the foods, but God will destroy both. Food and stomach will go. Now, the body is not for sexual immorality or other. Actually, KJ will use, will use the word fornication. I told you, what is the essence of fornication? I told you, no. What is the essence of fornication? Is the, it is the power of the flesh over the spirit. But for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Therefore, he says, he who is in the, the spirit will quicken your what? Your mortal bodies. He will quicken your mortal bodies. So, so overcome. Your flesh. Deny your flesh this year. Deny your flesh. Practice a lifestyle of fasting. Why? Why? What is the kingdom of God? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That is the kingdom of God is only half the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish we had two stanzas. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That is the kingdom of God. And what is not the kingdom of God, we don't sing. Because it's not very palpable. 
Okay. Look at what it says in <laughs> Romans chapter 14 verse 17. For the kingdom of God is are not eating, drinking, watching movies. That is not the kingdom of God. And then righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost, that is the kingdom of God. If you sing both these standards, we are balanced. <laughs> Okay, so we should write, somebody has to put up, put up a song for this as well. So, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. Okay, everybody? Children? Okay, Sarah, I don't have to say. But some of the children I have to say. What is there for breakfast, mama, today? That's the first question. What is there for breakfast, mama? Okay. <laughs> okay, eating and drinking. I like what Pastor said the other day. He said, teach your children to have only three meals a day and one snack. Three meals a day and one snack. Practice. Okay. Nothing's gonna happen to them. Okay, nothing, nothing will happen. If you see that, they will actually become even more stronger and sharper. Okay. Those who have ears to hear, <laughs> let him hear. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. You see, you want to be acceptable to God and you want to be approved by men. Practice righteousness, practice peace, and practice joy in the Holy Spirit. And also what? Don't practice eating and drinking. Whatever that eating and drinking is. Very difficult to say amen, no? Oh, very difficult to say amen. Very no, nobody is saying amen. <laughs> nobody is saying amen. <laughs> say amen, okay. Uh, if you are happy and you know it, <laughs> say amen. <laughs> amen. Let this give Honestly, no, I was, I was, uh, I was uh, actually telling somebody, you know, uh, time of fasting is great. It's really, really great. Uh, because you know that you don't need much to survive. Okay, one thing. Second thing is that you will really experience the power of God. You will know experientially that word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Honestly, no, I used to feel hungry. Not that I didn't never used to feel hungry. I used to feel hungry, but immediately I was to put on my headphones and start meditating, meditating upon the word of God and f- food gone out of the window. I used to get, I used to start enjoying the, the revelation of God. So many things the Lord taught me during fasting. So many. Not one, not two. So many. I don't want to give up that for, give that up for, for anything. It's not about preaching and showing off the revelation. It's something totally different. That's something you have to, you have to experience in your own life. Okay, so practice that. Practice, practice, practice. A lifestyle of fasting and prayer. Why? First Corinthians chapter 9. Therefore, I run thus. How do I run? Not with uncertainty. There's a run. There's a race for everyone. And what kind of a race is this? This is not a, <laughs> 100 meters dash. This is a long distance run. This is a, this is a 12 rounds boxing match. Heavyweight only. Because one heavyweight is there. Who is that heavyweight? Hmm. Satan is a heavyweight. He is not a lightweight, featherweight, no. I was talking to Mahender, no? See, let me tell you something. One of the very interesting sport is boxing. It's not a, it's just not brute force like slamming. No, it's a lot of strategy, a lot of practice, a lot of stamina. You have to really think through. You have to outlast your opponent. Literally outlast your opponent. You need endurance. Okay, what do you need? Endurance. So you cannot be quitters. 
You cannot be quitters in God's kingdom. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus, I fight, not as one beats the air. Meaning what? Become absolutely focused. Lay aside all distractions this year. Distractions Whatever is distracting you, put it aside. Martha, Martha, you are troubled and distracted by how many things? Many things. But how many things are needful? One thing. That is the reason why the psalmist says, One thing have I desire, and this alone will I ask, that I should dwell in the house of the Lord, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in His holy temple. One thing, not many things. To behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in His temple. Lay aside all distractions. Say, Lord, I have very limited resources. I am limited, you are unlimited. And if the unlimited power of God should flow through this limited man, what should that be? A person who is absolutely focused on the things that God has given given to my hands. Be focused. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one beats the earth. That means don't waste your energy on stupid things. On fighting. So if you are fighting with your husband or with your wife, what are you wrestling against? Flesh and blood. Yeah, somebody said flesh and blood. (laughs) So if you are fighting your husband and wife, what are you wrestling against? You are wrestling against flesh and blood. What are you supposed to wrestle against? Not flesh and blood. Forget about the powers of darkness. That is that is stage two. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Second thing. 27. But I... What is that? Discipline. I like that word. What is that? Discipline. Asks Lord. Lord... Help me to become a disciple. How will I be disciplined? Morning by morning. Meaning one thing, you never lose a day without reading your Bible and praying. And meditating. And, and, and say, Lord, I want to hear your one word, at least in a day. One word from you. When I read the word, when I listen to a message, Lord, you have to speak to me. Lord, I want to hear your voice. Whatever it is. Things I might, I might have already heard. Uh, things which I have to hear. Both. But I discipline, discipline my body. And what do I do? I bring it to subjection. Meaning what? I sit on my body. I make my body a slave. The body is not going to dictate to me. I will dictate my body. Lest when I have preached to, to others, I myself baby disqualified. Okay, so discipline. Forget all the distractions. Lay aside every weight and lay aside every sin that so easily ensnares us and besets us and run with endurance. Revelation chapter 12 verse 1, 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their you know what, you, you see, you see when we say lives, we only think this is for martyrs. No, this is just not for martyrs. Every day. He should deny yourself, pick up your cross, how, how long? Daily and follow me. He who loves his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake will find it. So it's a daily process. Daily, in the little, little things. Doing the same things over and over and over again and say, Lord, the, min, the, the, the monotonous things will not, I will not stop. I will keep on doing the same things over and over and over again. Even more, I, even as I see the day approaching, what will I do? I will gather more often and not less often. And what will I do? What is the focus? My primary aim, primary aim in my life is not my flesh and blood. It is not my relatives. It is the house of God and the people of God. My life will be centered around this. The house of God and the people of God. God, the house of God and the people of God. This will be my life in 2022. Okay? And then then what will happen? You will grow in your faith and you will battle unbelief. Amen? So cry out. Spend time with God in solitude and silence. 
Third thing, lay aside every distraction and run with endurance. The race that is set before us. So this is the final word for, <laughs> hopefully for a final word for this uh, Wednesday. Tomorrow again, Pastor will be uh, sharing with us. And, and even as we prepare ourselves for the coming year, can we all stand for the final, final one final time? And this morning, in the presence of the Lord, let us resolve. <clears throat> I wrote something yesterday. Um, one man of God was teaching and I, I wrote, yeah, resolutions. Resolution, make strong resolutions, right? Say, Lord, I want to walk with, one of strong resolutions will determine my attitude. And my attitude will determine within the outcome. So make strong resolutions. One of the strong resolutions. Lord, I will cry out and never give up. One thing I will resolve this year. Lord, I will not quit. No matter how many times I fail, I will not quit. Let's pray. Let's ask God this morning. Even as we are here in the presence of the Lord, ask the Lord. Lord, if you are silent and I am not able to hear your voice, what is blocking me, Lord? Show me. Why are you silent? I don't want to be like Saul, presumptuous and move on with my spiritual walk as if nothing has happened. When you are silent, Lord, I want to tremble. Your own son was woken up morning by morning to hear from the Lord how much more we, O Lord, who are in the flesh, how much we should hear from you. And therefore, O Lord, let us never stop crying out. Let not the harsh words of God when he rebukes us offend us but let us cry out even more still. Let not our uncleanness stop us from from, from serving God and from, from running towards God and from crying out to God. Let us never ever trust in our righteousness. Lord, I don't trust in my righteousness alone. In my righteousness, it's in your righteousness and your righteousness alone, O oh Lord. Not even in my obedience, not in my fasting, not in my holiness, not in my separation, not in my victory, not in my overcoming, O oh Lord. It is no, it is, I, I became an overcomer only because you, Lord, poured out your grace in my life, O oh Lord. If it is not for you, I am nothing. I am nothing without you, O oh Lord. As you said in your word, O oh Lord, through your, apost- through your apostle Paul, you said, it is by the grace of God I am what I am. And the grace of God was not working in vain, but I worked harder than the others. It is not my hard work, O Lord. It is the grace of God that caused me to work hard. It is the grace of God. It is the power of God which has enabled me to gain wealth, O Lord Jesus. I can, I did not earn wealth because of my own strength or because of my own wisdom or because of my own righteousness or because of my own discipline, O Lord Jesus. It is the Spirit of the Lord which wrought the spirit of discipline inside of me because you said in your word, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-discipline, even self-discipline, O Lord Jesus. It is a work of the Spirit in our lives. And therefore, O Lord Jesus, we do not want to quit. We don't want to trust in our our righteousness, O Lord Jesus. And we will never let our uncleanness hinder us from following hard after you, O Lord. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And Lord, this morning, O Lord Father, we want to spend time in solitude and Lord, in silence. Meditating upon your word. Praying and meditating. Father, bringing increasing measures of our life under the Lordship of the Holy Spirit so that we'll be transformed and becoming even more aware of the eternal and out of the temporal, Lord Jesus, so that we will be transformed, O Lord, into your likeness even more this year, O Lord. And that we will press on. We will press on towards maturity. We will get a permit from you, O Lord. 
that we will strengthen our foundations, O Lord Jesus. We will perfect our obedience in the things that you have already shown to us. That you may prove our obedience and grant us a permit to press on towards maturity. And Lord, we will practice a lifestyle of fasting on prayer and self-discipline. And we will experience, O Lord, truly, O Lord, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And therefore, to that end, I pray that you bless us as a church, O Lord. Lord, let the spirit of supplication and submission come onto your church this morning, O Lord. Let us all come under the lordship and the submission of the Holy Spirit. Because you said submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. Let us all come under the lordship and the surrender of the Holy Spirit. Let you find in us a meek, gentle, a submissive and a quiet spirit. Because in your sight, it is very precious. Grant us men and women, father alike. Because in Christ Jesus, there is no male, there is no female. All of us have to come under the lordship and the surrender and the submission of the Holy Spirit and the word of God. And under every ordinance of God that you have placed us under. Thank you, Father. Bless us from the youngest to the oldest. And prepare us, Father, that we will continue in this attitude of devotion and submission and supplication and fasting and humbling ourselves. That we will not quit humbling ourselves. We will continue to humble ourselves. We will prostrate before you until you answer us, Lord. We don't want to twist your hand by our humbling. Because, Lord, we humble ourselves because we know it is not over until you say it is over. And therefore, we don't want to give up, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, let the spirit of determination come upon your church this morning, oh Lord, Father. The determination to fast, the determination to seek godly counsel, the determination to deny themselves and pick up the cross, the determination to overcome sin. Because you said in your word, if there be first a willing mind, if you're willing and you're obedient, then you will eat the best of the land. And I pray, Lord Jesus, in us, in us you will find the willingness to will. If anyone wills to do the will of God, he will understand your word, is what your word says. Therefore, I pray, that you would bless us, O oh Lord, this morning with a resolve in our mind, the spirit of determination, O oh Lord Jesus, that we will be like Jesus, setting our face like a flint towards Jerusalem and will not, be get, will not get distracted by trifles and things of this world and things of this flesh, O oh Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. To that end, I pray that you would bless us as a church and prepare, our, prepare us for the next year, O oh Lord, for every promise that you have for us as a church and us as individuals and as families. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord. We worship you. We give you glory. Lord, let us all decrease and you increase. And Lord, we confess, O Lord Jesus, that Christ Jesus will have the total preeminence in our lives, in our homes, and in our church, O Lord Jesus. To you and you alone be all the glory and the dominion and power forever and ever. Your kingdom come, your will be done. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you, children. Let's have a blessed year. Looking forward, press on towards the upward call of God in Christ Jesus.